Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. I'm going to pray for the sick. Let's just worship God in a song or two. Hasele brokoya. Shetele barasebaya. The prince of God is here and he's going to fix everything. You are holy, God Almighty, and with you there's no shadow of turning. You are holy, God Almighty, from
tell him in your own words, God, you're holy. Tell him, God, you're holy. The Prince of God is here. The Prince of God is here. There is nothing he cannot do.
somebody here this is something you can't you can't tell immediately physically but I know that within about a year from now you're going to testify there's a lady who's epileptic you've been having epilepsy since you are a child it was from your father's side God is delivering you right this very moment. If you're sick in your body, I want you to touch where it's spinning right now because there's a healing grace available right now. God is healing. God is healing. God is healing. There's a lady in yellow on my right. I see you. There's been something. A lady. Uh, you see that guy in blue striped? That lady in yellow, yes. I feel there's something that has been not stable in your stomach. But God is fixing it. In Jesus' mighty name. Come, I want to lay hands on you. Come, come, come. I want to lay hands on you. God is healing the sick. Whatever the pain is. Whatever the pain is, I don't know what it is, whatever. I feel there's something not right in your stomach. Am I making sense? Give me your hands. Whatever attack the enemy had on your stomach, right this very moment, we curse it. 
in Jesus' mighty name. I feel something abnormal is starting to grow, but it is gone in Jesus' mighty name. Wherever the pain is, touch wherever the pain is. God is healing you now, wherever pain is, wherever there is a disease. I feel somebody should go for a checkup this coming week. In Jesus' mighty name, God heal the sick right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Eyes, ears, muscles, bones. God is healing right now. God is healing right now. Start to receive your healing. I see a barren spirit living. Somebody on my left. It's like barrenness. It's living. In the name of Jesus. You're going to conceive. In Jesus' mighty name. I feel disease is living. If you have an abnormal growth, it is living right now in the name of Jesus. Respiratory systems are being restored in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's a lady, you were phoned and they told you you have cancerous cells. I dare you by God, this coming week, go back and check. They're not going to find cancerous cells in your body. In the name of Jesus. Matthew 13 verses 44. Oh, let me pray for the giving. Father, we thank you for the giving of your people. Multiply and increase them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let me preach. Uh-huh. Are we there? The Bible says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. Somebody say treasure hid in a field. <laughs> the which, when a man hath found, he hideth. And the Bible says, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he has, and buyeth that field. <laughs> oh, Makaya Labazea. Praise God. And again, the kingdom of heaven, verse 45, is likened unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Are we together? Now, I love the way 44 begins. He speaks of the kingdom. It's like a man who has seen a treasure in a field. When he sees that treasure in a field, Arguably, you'll say, uh-uh, why don't I get this treasure and then run away with it? Right? What does he do? He hides it in the field, right? And then after that, he goes away and then sells everything that he has, comes back to that field and buys the whole field. He saw the treasure there. It was okay if he just kept the treasure and said, uh-uh, I've seen gold in this it's worth a couple of hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever it is, I think I can go with that. No, he hides it 
the treasure. Then he goes and gets money by selling everything that he has. And the Bible tells us he comes back to that field and buys the whole field. And he says, like that is the kingdom of God. Right? Now many of you know that the Greek word there for kingdom is realm. Right? So remove the word kingdom from your mentality, your normal mentality of normal kingdom, kingdom like you see normal kingdoms of this world. And then replace that with a realm. If I can do that, the Bible again would read, again the realm of heaven of the spirit is likened unto a merchant man seeking pearls. It's likened unto a man, a man who sees something in the field, hides it, and then goes, sells everything he has, and then comes to this field, right? And then what? Buys the whole field. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, I want to introduce something very beautiful, and I pray you get this. I pray you do get this. God, give me the utterance. Say amen. Probably, let me read you one more scripture to make more sense. Psalms 1, 19. Psalms 1, 19, verses 17. The Bible says in Psalms 1, 19, verses 17, 1, 19, verses 17, it says, deal bountifully with thy servant. Somebody said, deal bountifully with thy servant. That I may live. You see? That's what the Bible says. Deal bountifully with thy servant that you may live. And he continues to say, and keep thy word. He says, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. For he says, I'm a stranger in the, heart, in the earth. He says, hide not thy commandments from me. Did you hear that? He says, I'm a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. Don't hide stuff from me. Reveal yourself to me. Make me bounty that I may live. And how do you make me bounty for me to live? It's to open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things that are written in your word. You can never have a life of bountiness or bountifulness if your eyes are not open in the word. I don't know if I'm making sense. The guy said, deal with me bountifully that I may live. Because if you don't, I will not live. I will die. Deal with me bountifully and that I may what? Live and keep thy word. He says, open mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. How are you going to keep me bountifully? How am I going to live? I'm going to live if you open my eyes to see the wondrous things in your word. You know, as I read the Bible every day, but it's another thing to see something when I read. I, I fellowship and I read my devotionals every day. But it's another thing when I, while I'm reading a devotional, I see something. And that is why when he talks about the word, he speaks of a place where it is, it is a place where men find it. The word of God is not bare. Because the word is spirit. You remember? The Bible says that the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are truth. And because the word is spirit, it is not bare. When a man beholds the word of God with a bare mentality, with a mentality, with a thought that the word is bare, it's naked. 
as he ought to think, right? As he thinks. Many people at times understand the word as, a, as information, not revelation. Praise the Lord. Information is attained easily. Revelation is, is opened up to a man's spirit. I know that I'm making sense. See, everybody wakes up in the morning and reads the word. Right? Everybody that I know. If you don't read, then I don't know you. Or sometimes we open our Bibles and read. But I mean that because you read the Bible, it means you understand all that certain things are revealed to you. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. He says, my son, let's open that. Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, he says, attend my words, incline thine ears unto thy sayings. And he continues to say, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. And the next verse says, next verse. For they are what? Life unto those that what? Find them and health unto their flesh. Now, I love the word there for finding. The word is life to a man who finds it, not a man who reads it. I don't know if I'm making sense. The word is life to a man who finds it, not a man who reads it. The word is bountiful to a man whose eyes have been opened to see the wondrous things. Not to a man who simply reads the Bible. It's not enough to think that because you read the Bible, you're going to have results. Oh, read your Bible and pray every day if you want to grow. That's wonderful. But you don't just read it. You know that I know, like everyone knows that if you've lived around Christians for a long time, there are many people who read the Bible every day. But they mean that their lives change. There are people who read the scriptures every night. But they mean that their lives change. I know of Christians who have old Bibles, but they're dying. They're dying. They're dying. Their relationships have failed. Their marriages have failed. Their bodies are failing. They're diseased. Their finances are crippled. Everything around them, their spirits are stuck. But they're reading the Bible every day. Some of them go to Bible school, theology class. They study all the topics that you could ever study. Not that going to Bible school is wrong. No. But they ain't qualify you to think that because you've gone to Bible school, therefore you're fit to minister to people. No, you're professional enough, but not revelational enough. I'm not saying that Bible school is a problem, right? Get me right. We all must go to study somehow. That's why we do school of ministry. But they don't mean that because I array these things to you in school of ministry, that it means that you're going to be a success automatically. No, you have to give yourself wholly into these things. The Bible says that your profiting may appear unto them all. There seems to be a canopy in the spirit that hides certain things of the word. So when a man goes into the Bible to read the scriptures, you're literally like searching out. Psalms 51 verse 6. Psalms 51 verse 6. Come on. Yeah. So he says, Behold thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom in other words well the bible is plain and everybody can read it but there are hidden parts in the word they are not physically seen by everybody and that is why not everybody can teach truth but they mean that people don't teach 
Not everybody receives results, but they mean that people don't pray. They do pray. They even pray in the word. They even claim the very scriptures that everybody else claims. And somebody says, ah, I've been believing the Bible for so long, but I don't see results. And that's understandable. And there's a man who just reads one line and he changes his life for good. Why? Because when he read it, his eyes were open to see the wondrous things in there. When he opened that scripture, the hidden parts of the word of God were revealed to his spirit and thus attained wisdom. When he read the word of God in there, he saw the hidden treasure in the field of scripture. Are we together? God didn't call you to just read the Bible and say, ah, let me read the word. Let me just read the word every day. No, you see, he called you to read out what is hidden. He called you to read out what is hidden. It seems as though that our biggest yielding in the things of the spirit is to catch what is hid. Is to catch what is hid. That is why he says these words are life to them that find them. Why? Because there is a seeking. When the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Some people have a very kind of legalistic understanding of what it means to seek out. Seek out means literally when you sit in front of the word of God, you are introduced to the other world of the spirit, right? And then you start walking therein. When you receive the Holy Spirit, the Bible said that he was the guarantee to teach you all things and remind you that which you have forgotten. The world of the spirit, according to the divine truth, is likened unto a house where you come into this beautiful mansion and then the spirit of God starts to lead you and then he tells you, that's the master bedroom. That is the kitchen. Come, I'll show you something down here. You've seen on TV when guys are showing their cribs, MTV cribs. Come on, I want to show you my crib. And then they enter and say, this is my living room right here. You see this painting? This painting costs me $100,000. I'm not rich. And then the guy goes into another room. And then he shows. And then the guy goes in another room. And then he shows. That's how the word of God is supposed to be. The Holy Spirit is supposed to lead you into all truth. That is why the Bible uses the word lead you into all truth. He shall lead you into all truth. There's a version that uses the word leading. You know, it's his business is he gets you in the spirit and tries to tell you that is this that is that when you see that it means this when you see that it means that when you see so when you come out of there you'll phone something to share when you stand before men to preach you're not preaching out of a crammed phrase or something you read out of a guy who found even when we teach and write even when men teach and write when you're listening you're also supposed to be finding Hallelujah. Because if you stay on the basis of what I've only found, it means that you're limited to how far I have found. But if you open your spirit to find more out of what I've found, the Bible says that in thine light, I see lights. When you're in the light of God, because this is the gospel, the gospel is the light. The word was the light of men. As I'm preaching the word, there are things lighting up in your spirit. You're, you're stumbling on various lights of the word. So by the time you come out of here, you have like 20 ways you can preach the same thing I've preached. That is called walking in the spirit. It kills me that we love to walk in the spirit. 
with very different understandings of that responsibility. I just want to walk there and then see, ah, who bewitched me? You spend time walking out of the spirit into the spirit realm to know what? Who bewitched you? Can I show you something? Can I show you something that I never want you to forget? Proverbs 117. Proverbs 117. I want to teach you something that I stumbled on some time back. The Bible says that surely, tell your neighbor surely. Tell him again, tell him surely. He said, surely, the Bible says in vain. The net is spread in the sight of anybody. What is the meaning of that scripture? That scripture means that you, you can't put a snare on a man who is seeing. You can ensnare a man who can't see. But you can't ensnare. You can't put a trap on a man who can't see. You're wasting time. It's in vain. Do you know why the devil ensnares many of you? It's because you don't see. You don't see. You don't see. The judgments of the Spirit have taught me that whatever is revealed in the Spirit, right, depending on the light from which the man sees these things revealed, this I have I've realized this. The judgments of the Spirit have taught me that evil can only be revealed to a man which knows truth. You see? It's like light understands darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? A man who is evil might not know his evil because he has no standard to weigh his evilness. Do you understand? He has no standard to weigh his evil. You know evil because you know God. But it's deception to think you know evil because you know good. Do you understand? It is deception to think you know evil because you know good. But that is not necessarily... See, you, you, you have learned evil and good because that's what you were taught. That's what the world gave you. That's what the devil gave to the world. It was a delusion that the world needed. Because good sometimes appears like God. That is why all your fictitious movies and fictions you watch, stories, were always good versus evil. Superman, good versus evil. Batman, good versus evil. Ben 10, good versus evil. Now I hear there's a Captain America, good versus evil. A Doctor Strange, good versus evil evil. It's always good versus evil, not God. And the more men think that good versus evil is actually the true pendulum of justice when good wins over evil, then God is out of the picture. Again, it's from the light from which we behold things. The judgments of the Spirit absolutely define two things, God and evil, not good. And therefore, if we're dealing with a spirit of truth, and the Bible says, in him there is no lie. I can only design evil if I'm a man of truth. Otherwise, there are many things that appear to be good to men which are evil. There are things that appear truth to men which are in the center of deception. And that is what is killing the church of Christ today. 
the things that appear to be wrong are right. And the things that appear to be right are wrong. So you're in ever this swinging through this funny pendulum of trying to... And, and you know, that's why I realized one thing, that when you find truth, you will become indifferent a bit to reasoning. Because many people think that the gospel is a reasonable entity. The gospel, God didn't call us to reason the gospel. If you think that you're going to reason out the gospel, you've lost it. The God, because he will tell you God in three persons. You see, it's even hard to explain. I don't need to reason it. I just need to understand that it is so. And the place that gives us understanding is not hypothetical things with hypothetical phenomena, right? Put under particular experimentation and then now theory. That is the world system. You understand? A man comes in Hebrews and tells you, by faith we understand. Right? Understanding comes when I carry faith. But what is faith? It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I carry something you don't see, but it's the basis for my understanding. I don't know if I'm making sense. Now you think that you're going to understand because you've seen or because everything has been explained and then a man of the, of the word tells you that if the light in thee be darkness oh what darkness why because a man carries darkness in his soul but to him it is light it is the light that guides him he even can say no I am a man of the light but he has a definition of what he calls light and in actual sense it is not light because the true illuminator, illuminator of light is the word of God. But you see, every man opens the Bible and says, ah, okay, I think this is what the scripture says. Then uh, says, ah, okay, I think this is the truth. And then a guy goes with it. And then everybody believes it. Do you understand? To be true. It's like when we started preaching the grace message. Let me just give you an example, the grace message. People said things we've never said. We've never put them on the altar. Never said them. Right? And everybody would say, they don't, does that mean that they come to listen or something? Because you can't judge unless you've heard, right? But if somebody comes and then tells you, oh no, when you tell them a grace, they tell you, ah, it's very good, it's easy for you, you just go and sin and then do everything you want. And people say, what? Are you sure? And then they go on Facebook, Christians, I hear there's, there's fellowships that are, you see, and Muslims, they're not in that nonsense. They're not in that nonsense. In fact, one time a Christian wrote about us and a Muslim rebuked him. <laughs> Muslim told him, but you see, I'm sorry about you Christians. You're a pastor, why don't you mind your business? You see, it, but you see, that was not the point. It was even sad. Why? I was meeting a man of God, a, a friend that I met this week. He told me, see, I understood the message of grace many years ago. But every time I used to put it on the table, I would think I'm going to die. Why? Because everything I had in church was contrary to it. Now, he started saying, I think now I need deliverance. Why am I seeing things the wrong way? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because many things that seem like are true are actually not true. They're actually not true. 
And how do we strike that balance? Very simple. God has to reveal himself to a man. There are many things that speak in this world and we call them God. Sadly. Do you know how many people are convinced God told them certain things? Somebody can if say, me, God told me. He, that day he was putting on yellow. I saw it with my eyes. I, I, I know this was God. You cannot, you cannot lie to me. And, and you want to tell this guy, honestly, this is not God. But you cannot convince them that it is not God. It is not God. But fair and square like God is usually... There is something in the spirit of land, and I've shared it with a couple of guys here. God, see, the judgments of God carry a place where every man is weighed against truth. Right? That is why even the dispensation of grace, Paul tells you in his own words, and he tells you, men shall be judged according to my gospel. According to my gospel. Men are not going to be judged because they stole when they were believers. You see, some of you, uh, what are you saying, Apostle? What, what do you mean? Exactly what I mean, and I'm not sorry about it. See, the Bible is very clear that when it comes to this world, he will judge the world, right? And the Bible says that he, he will judge the world because they believed not on him. Those are the three things, judgments and righteousness and of the day of, of what? Of judgment, the last days, right? And he tells us that when he's talking about sin, he only judges the church because they believed not on him. But for as many as believed in him, he says, for now there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ. For the law of the life-giving spirit which is in Christ has set them free from the law of sin and death. Now let's go back to John. I'm going to come back to 8 to, to eight a bit. Let's go, let's go back to John, where he speaks of, he shall reprove the world. Hey, and when he is come, let us all read. One to the list, huh? And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And the next verse says, of sin, comma, because they sinned. Answer me. Of sin, because they sinned. Come on. Of sin, Why? And what happens to them which believe? Romans 8, right? Now, I don't know if you've ever read it in the Amplified. I don't know if you've ever read it in the Amplified. Give me Romans 8, verse 1. Come on. Yeah, read. Verse 1. Romans 8, verse 1. Uh-huh. Read. Therefore. Tell your neighbor, therefore. therefore. Say it again. Therefore. Yes. He says, therefore, now. Not next week. Now. Tell your neighbor, now. So, tomorrow will be what? Next year. Next week. He says, therefore, now, there is no condemnation. What is that? No adjudging guilt of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and not walk after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. Now, I'll explain that. Listen. When the Bible speaks of the dictates of the flesh and the dictates of the spirit, who live after? Living after the dictates of the flesh. Let me explain it. Living after the dictates of the flesh is assuming that you're a man of the flesh. It's not in the doing, but firstly the assumption before the doing. Because the assumption that you are 
comes after a particular nature. Sin is not what you do. Sin is the nature you carry. You were a sinner before you even sinned. Hello? You were a sinner before you even what? Sinned. So, what is that problem when you're righteous? <laughs> Without works. That means they attach more power to what the devil can do to a man than to what God can do to a man. Oh, I refuse. I refuse to frustrate the grace of God. That's what Paul says. I refuse. I refuse. Now, let's continue. Next verse. He says, uh-huh, verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, that is the law of our new being. You see, that law was activated when you became born again. It's not something you activate in yourself. It is something that is automatically activated when you become a new creature. He says, for the law of the new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. Did you see that? The law the law, the Bible says, the law of our new being. That law, the moment you become born again, God puts that law. Right? It's not continuously freeing you. It's not in you trying to work out freedom. It's in you established in freedom. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. It is not in you trying to work out freedom. It is not saying, let me make you free every day. No, it's not trying to make you free every day. No, it is in you reminding you every day that you're free. That law in a new creature is settled. It is the ever-fixed mark in a man's soul, always reminding the devil, this one is free. 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 Why? Because they carry a certain nature. And then somebody says, ah, so, should we continue to sin? And, and, and then I'll ask you again, why are you new creature even talking about it? Why are we even having that conversation of you continuing? Because you're assuming you are born of a corruptible seed. And that is contrary to truth. You were born, we are all of an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. And you see, and that's the thing many Christians don't understand. The word is light. Unless it's illuminated in a man's spirit that they're incorruptible, they can never walk in it. It's an illumination. Grace is revealed. It's not, it's not something you understand like notes. You either wake up and you know it or you don't. And I've seen people who have tried to treat it, preach it, try to even speak it. They appear to know it, but I don't. Why? Because they don't produce the results of it. And all of a sudden, in a few minutes, they go back to the law. Why? Because they fear to be persecuted, like Paul says. says, for if I yet preach the law, why am I persecuted? Do you remember? He says, for if I yet preach the law, why am I persecuted? You know, as if I'm still preaching Moses, why am I under persecution? Because if you preach Moses, you can't be persecuted. Some people think it's divine protection. <laughs> Let me tell you, persecution approves a man. Hallelujah. Give me the, the, the message of that. Uh-huh. As for the rumor, listen, 
that I continue to preach the ways of circumcision as I did in those days, pre-days of Damascus, that is absurd. He says, I, would I still be persecuted then? If I'm preaching that old message, no one would be offended if I mentioned the cross now and then. It would be so watered down. It wouldn't matter one way or the other. You understand what I'm saying? So he's saying that if you're talking about the reason why sometimes people will misunderstand you, it's simple. You're not preaching the law. Men which preach the law are not persecuted. And some say, oh, God sent me persecution. No, bring it more. Only let it come with the glory. I will handle. Tell, tell yourself, let it come with the glory. I will handle. I mean, if God anoints you to raise dead men and then people persecute you, that's okay. The more they persecute you, what do you do? You raise more. <laughs> Why? I'd rather be persecuted when I'm raising dead men than sit cold, legal in a corner to please. Tell your neighbor I'm delivered from people. Tell him. Tell him again. Tell him I'm delivered from people. I used to think I was mad until mad people came to Fanero. And then realized, oh, I'm not alone. There are guys who read this word the way I read it. And they believe everything as it is written. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that is why when you go to Genesis and read things like, and Noah found grace, he had to find it. I don't know if they understand what I'm saying. He had to find grace. It was a hidden thing. It wasn't revealed to every man. God saved his family simply because he found grace. Now he likens this thing to a treasure. He says, when that man finds this treasure, he says, ah, yeah, there's something deep in here. Then he goes and sells everything. And then he comes and buys that thing inside. And then he gets it out. Why? Because he knows there is more from where. He knows there is more from where he got this stuff. There is more. There has to be more. And when a man understands its treasure, believe me, like the scriptures are clear. Why does he sell everything? Because he knows when he finds this. There is something when you find it in God. Oh, there is something when you find it in God. You'll sell everything you have for it. Why? Because it's everything. Then the next verse he says now. They might not understand, but let's go to the pearl issue. Let's just say he just found a pearl without the field. He goes and sells everything and says, if there was no field, I would still stick to that pearl. Why? Because I found it. Do you understand? I would spend everything for it because it was found. And then that man comes with the very pals, cast them to swine. And what do they do? They trample on it. And after trampling on it, what, do they, what does the Bible say? They come and also beat you up. So he tells you, cast not pals to swine. If a man hasn't understood what this message means, if, if, if his spirit is not ready to, do you understand? That's why I tell people sometimes when the Bible says that it's only, it can only be of faith that it will be of grace. 
if I'm in a place where they doubt my faith, I'll, I mean my, my message, I'll demonstrate my faith. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. They doubt what you believe, you demonstrate it. It will cause them to want to know it. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That is why I told people we have, we are moving, moving in a place where we have to stop debating God. You remember when Sadrach and Abednego and, Me, uh, and, and Meshach, Sadrach and Abednego stood before the king? And then Nebuchadnezzar started asking them questions about what is this stuff you're doing? Ah, and they told him, oh dear king, in this matter we need not to answer to you because we are dealing with spiritual issues. You can't get it. If you want, throw me in the fire. I don't give a damn. I'll come out. Why? Because this is not even for you to save me. You're too small to save me, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> oh, I love those boys. He says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. We, some of you, you think you have to explain to everybody. No, you might not be able to explain to everybody because some are not made up to understand. If they wanted to understand, they would hear. Are you hearing me? He didn't come in this. Listen, this was a man who, he was dealing with boys who had a covenant. Are you hearing me? And he was out of the covenant. How could they explain to him who they are? Are you hearing me? And then you get those guys and think you're going to throw them in the fire. And then you throw them in the fire. And the next day you see Jesus is with them. He's not with you in the cool. No. He, man. 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 For the carnal man cannot receive neither discern the things of the spirit. For they are spiritually discerned. The Amplified says and appreciated. Appreciated. If a man can't appreciate it, he can't help him. The law has killed our land for so long. Why? Because we think every time we preach the goodness of God, men will continue to sin. That's only in the man who is not born again. When a man is born again, the Bible says that you reveal to them your mercy, that they might fear thee. So, why do we fear God? Because he's merciful. Eh? I don't know that you understand what I'm saying. But what did the world teach us? We feared God because he's a God with a smoldering sword. And a smoldering heat coming can cut you anytime, slash you. Don't joke with God. And let me tell you this. The truth of the matter is, God is powerful. I mean, he can just wink and Uganda disappears out of the ground. I, that's a, agreeable, 100%. That is why you remember Isaiah, when Isaiah is saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the good news. You remember? And then he says, he has what? Anointed me to preach the good news to them who are poor, to set the captives free, and to, 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 to proclaim the acceptable year. What? Uh -huh. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the meek, and he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound, uh -huh, to proclaim the acceptable hour of the Lord, comma, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that. You see, he says, okay, the acceptable hour of our Lord, where you're acceptable, and then there is judgment. Jesus, after the wilderness experience, ultimate temptation of turning stone into bread. I don't really understand what stone is there. All right? He comes out in the Holy Ghost, stands before men, 
reads the same scripture. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance, the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And the next verse says, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and the are vengeance. No. And he closed the book. Then another man continues and says, no, no, me, I'm opening Isaiah and say it. <laughs> Listen, Christ is above Isaiah. <laughs> Tell anybody, Christ is above Isaiah. <laughs> he is. But there's a reason why that man closed the book. Because he knows if I'm the author and the finisher of your faith, I cannot fail to get that habit out of you. He knows that if I began a good work in you, I will sit to accomplishment to the day of Christ. It's not your building for Nero. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. It has nothing to do with you. It's me. You will not fail to walk out of that weakness. You will not fail to walk out of that addiction. You will not fail to walk out of anything. Why? Because when you're weak, I want you to remember, then thou... That's strong because my strength is made perfect in thine weakness. That when you come out, you don't say, you see me, I refuse to steal. No, you say no, Christ in me, the hope of glory. He says, for I labored more than all my brethren. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was at work within me. He says, I, I labored more. See, the labors that come after grace produce results that labors that come before grace can never produce. They are all labors. They all go to the vine and they dig. But one comes out with a glory different from the other. The distinctions. And, and that's why one time I shared about Acts 13. I told you he was introduced as separate me, Barnabas and Saul. After preaching the grace message in just a few scriptures, the Bible says he becomes poor. When the message changed, he became poor. And the Bible says the next day, the whole city gathered to hear. And then a man thinks that be, because more people are coming, therefore you're evil. Oh no, they go and because there are many, they preach. They have big meetings because people want, they, they, are, they are speaking what they want to hear. So then Jesus must have been the master. He's feeding 5,000 men. We've not even counted children and women. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I have a glory on the inside of me. The world is about to see it. The world is about to see it. Listen, as a nation, Uganda, we have a very strong mandate on this world. I don't know whether I can, I can say it again. Some men of God understand what I'm saying. We have a strong mandate in the world. We are to pastor the world. We are robosele by our you don't need to believe it me I believe it me I believe it there's a reason why I'm in Uganda there's a reason why our men go out and shake the world we have a mandate it's only a matter of time give it a few years from now men are going to look at you and they won't be able to recognize you and you must believe it that it is happening before your very own eyes I believe it tell anybody I believe it Tell him I believe it. 
So I walk in the word like a boy hungry for candy. And I'm ready to search out. Because I realize my ministry begins when I find. It doesn't begin when I read. It's not vindicated by the pages I flip. It's vindicated by the things I stumble on. That treasure in nothing vessels. That the excellence of glory might be of the Lord. That is the thing I watch out for. When I'm reading, I behold like in a mirror the glory of God. And what does the Bible say? A metamorphosis. But I must find something. I must find something. We are afflicted because we don't see in the word. Which doctors see anywhere else? Anybody who walks in the spirit can see anywhere else. But one thing that is distinctive with us and this life in Christ is we must see through the word. That's the distinction of revelation. Because it's first unveiled, apocalypsis. Right? But if it's unveiled to an irresponsible spirit, and that's why the Bible says, give these things to men which are faithful and are able to teach others also. Because faithful to, faithfulness to the word of God is key in the things you have to access. God is not interested in giving access to you of things that you're not going to use to bless others. Blessed to be a blessing. I don't even understand what I'm saying. If you release it out, he will give you more. If you release it out, he will give you more. If you re- when we were growing up, they used to tell us, ah, man of God, you have released too much. We need to pray that God will replace. Ah, one time I told a brother, no. <laughs> These are rivers of living water. <laughs> they don't run out. What do you mean by replacing? He says, out of you. He says, he openeth my mouth and filleth it with good things. He says that a man who is instructed in the kingdom is likened unto what? A man who has a household and out of him floweth both good, sorry, old and new. That's a scribe instructed. Now, I don't know why, but many people don't see that this was a scribe instructed. Not just a normal Christian instructed. No, he, he was an instructed scribe. He's teaching, he's writing. What is receiving? That man out of him, both new and old. Listen, the spirit of God is not going to just say, let me teach you what you're going to teach on Thursday. Then he says, you now and let me t-. No. Do you know my meditations on Thursday? I just wake up and I say, thank you. Because I'm opening my mouth. And the moment I open it, you're going to fill it with good things. I don't need to make 10 points. No. I just need to know that this is the direction I'm going to take. And the line of spirit that he's going to take. But after that, other things come through. There are scriptures I'm sharing. I didn't plan today to share. Why? Because I don't even limit God by what I found during the day. Oh. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't limit God by what you've stumbled over. No. Move by the spirit because I've realized there is definite distinctions to men which are aligned to purpose. He visited Israel released understanding before even Israel understood it. He just saw the light in Jacob. The Bible says, for he lit, he sent a word through Jacob, and Jacob received it. And what did it do? It lit the whole of Israel. When Israel was in Jacob, oh, am I talking sense? When Israel was in Jacob, he was a normal guy. Jacob received the word, and Israel didn't know it was going to be an illumination. But because it was stuck to divine purpose. The understanding after of that relationship 
is only to Israel and this God. And you can see him limping and say, ah, I think he's limping because he, he sinned. <laughs> but God needed to make him understand that you're carrying a Jacob in Israel. No, you're carrying an Israel in Jacob. I think that's the point. So he tells us that when you're releasing this stuff, release it to men which are faithful and are able to release it also to others. Now, when you are talking about apocalypsis, the place where we walk in the spirit, like I told you, and light is cast, veils are taken off things. You say, ah, what is this God? Right? And the explanation therein gives the man understanding. Because if understanding doesn't come on whatever is unveiled, Either an indifferent, indifferent spirit will come into that man's life and function on him and he speaks and appears like one which tested the powers of the ages to come but did not eat it. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> and that's why with such men it's hard to turn because it tested what he was supposed to eat. I, I don't know if I'm making sense. But anyway, back to the point here. So, Understanding is the bridging gap between what is unveiled and what is defined as revelation. If I read without the understanding, if my mind has understood, I'm only imitating what is revealed. But myself, I'm not finding. Therefore, I'm speaking from a head knowledge. And you know, Christians, they don't even go through spiritual things to know. They just make a statement, right? Like, Confession is position. Ah, he says, okay, I've gotten a scripture. Confession is position. But that's not the truth. You don't have because you confess. You have because Christ gave you. You confess because you believe you have. Your, the power of possession is not in what you say. The power of possession is manifesting what you have. The, so the power of confession is manifesting what you have. The power of possession is the nature you carry because of the blessed opportunity to know him. You carry a covenant with him. You are a covenant child. That covenant has given you free stuff. And the Bible says the spirit of God is the guarantee of the things which are freely given unto us. So I don't possess, even if I don't say it, I am rich. Are you hearing me? And that is why men leave the distinctions of just voicing to sounding. Because the spirit world responds to sound, not voices. <laughs> it's the voice of a trumpet, but it is a sound of war. <laughs> and trumpets are sounding, but they are sending different... I don't know if I'm making sense. I don't know that you understand what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's as though I am... The, he says, and the spirit of God in Corinthians, he says he sounds out the bottomless things. He goes into the things of God that are bottomless and sends them to our spirits as sounds. Because in that place of sound, the grace to articulate is the degree of language the man has attained by understanding. Many of you, the things I'm speaking, you know them. You just don't have the articulation of the same. Because you have not received the language to communicate. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, it's only a matter of time for God to give you language in the human spirit to communicate what is already inside you. You agree with everything I'm saying to be true. If you don't, I don't think you don't. You do. 
<laughs> Are you seeing where I'm coming from? But you see, how a man in the spirit of God receives the sound and he says, ah, this is it. This is what God is communicating to the church. This is how God is speaking to us even as a people. And this is how God is trying to relate with us in this way. That is key. That is key. Eternal life is not driving a nice Benz. Eternal life is that they might know him. That they might know him. And his only son, Jesus. This is eternal life. Men have to... Revival comes in a nation. Not when we reach out to people to come and be healed or delivered. But when people come in the presence of God and they say, I've come to know God. And thank God for the hunger he's sending out in our land. He says, for I shall send a thirst and a famine. Not of bread and of water, but for the words of God. He says, they will move south, north. We have a guy who travels 400 kilometers every Thursday. Just to come for the word. Every Thursday he's here. And he's in setup. He places chairs for you to come and sit on. But why is he doing that? It's because he, God, men, and the more hungry people become, the more they're introduced to another place. Now, if you put them in a place lower, they get frustrated. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are not as many now, but there are going to be many more in the few coming years. You better know God. Tell your neighbor, you better know God. Because people are hungry for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, apocalypsis, unveiling, understanding, then revelation. Then if that revelation in its own is attached to divine purpose, then you realize manifestation comes. You cannot manifest what is revealed without the understanding, what is unveiled without the understanding to reveal it and that revelation attached to divine purpose. Have a someone on that somewhere. Divine purpose. That every manifestation reveals the purpose of God. Not just the character, but his way. Jesus just didn't heal. I always tell people, he healed sick men and every healing had a teaching. Every miracle was a sermon. Everything he did was teaching. And that's when you realize that teaching has degrees, not just the office of a teacher. <laughs> that's why there are imitations in the spirit. Paul says, imitate me even as I imitate Christ. Remember the first church? He says, for they had all things in common. That means they were doing all things together the same way. Today, commonness is only putting on the same suits and cutting the same haircuts. Commonness in the spirit means that we carry the same understanding of the things of the spirit. When the other guy kicks, I also kick. When he, what is in Elizabeth kicks, what is in Mary kicks too. When somebody does something, I agree. But today now we've even perverted off and gone off astray. Why? Because the sounds are frustrated. There's a lot of diversion in the spirit realm. The atmosphere is too obstructed with indifferent sounds. Even now the devil knows how to arrest sound that appears like God speaking. Now I speak from my office apostolically. Don't try this at home. <laughs> Pun intended. You understand what I'm saying? 
it, it, it's, God has to take us back to the true sounding of the Spirit. Because when the time when trumpets start speaking, if we don't know the meaning, the Bible says we become barbaric. We do become barbaric. And we cannot be barbaric anymore in this dispensation. Why? Because the world is increasing so fast in knowledge. So fast. So fast in knowledge. They're doing even witchcraft on, on electronics. Somebody played for me a video of a guy who was doing witchcraft on a computer. You look at some card, they tell you, do this, close your eyes open, it disappeared. On a computer. And it's a program you can send on any computer and it plays. I said, how far have men gone? Now we are the church, we are slower than them. We are counterattacking whatever they are planting. And we're saying, ah, we are growing. No. Growing means the devil has to lose appetite and sleep thinking about what you've done. Not the other way around. But now today men put camps to expose the wiles of the devil. This is what the devil does. No. He says, I would rather have you wise unto that which is good and very simple concerning evil. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is Job 24, verse 1. He says something, and I'll finish with that perhaps. He says, why seeing times are not hid from the Almighty, do they that know him not see his days? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. They know him. Why don't they see his days knowing that the times are not hid from him? The word there for times are experiences. Why is it that they, they know him, but they don't see, they, 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 don't, they don't see his days. They don't, they don't find certain things. They don't see his days. Oh, oh, I remember you don't understand the day. You remember the, the prophet in the day of the Lord? I was carried in the spirit in the day of the Lord. So there in the place of the days, his days, it is the opportunity that God arrests eternal time and infuses it in the human spirit to demonstrate something in the earthly time. I don't know if I'm making sense. Time on the earth is different from time in the spirit. Time in the spirit runs faster than time on the earth. But when God is dealing with time in the spirit, he gets something, puts it in you, right? And then you evoke earthly timings. Sorry, heavenly timings in the earthly time. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That is why a man could stop and see the sun and he's killing people. And he realizes that God has given him his, I mean, victory over all his enemies. He's ready to kill them, but he's out of time. And then he pauses earthly time to execute a heavenly time. But there's an excited being who is just saying, ah, Joshua, stop the sun. Even me, let me stand there. Sun, stop. And he says, in the last days, many wonders shall come. The sun shall turn to something. The moon will become red. Why? It will not be because God will just be shifting things, no. But it will be the right sons and daughters established in particular places, executing things that make the son say, whoa. For creation groans for the true manifestation of the children of God. He says, and the earth is out of its foundations. The foundations are out of course because they neither know nor understand. So when understanding and knowledge comes, we are going to put the world back to course. Joshua stopping the sun was not just to prove that God was mighty. In fact, the Bible says when Joshua looks at you, 
he admires your time. He says, that's what the Bible says. When Joshua looks at you, he admires your time. Why? Because he knows what Christ has availed for you in the spirit. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And time to ease. When the Bible says redeem the time, it is not saying redeem time. The time is the eternal mind of God against what he plans and purposes for the earth versus the time he has to execute it. When the devil sees what the church is doing, the Bible says for he's crazy and roaring and hitting himself all up and down. Why? Because he knows that he has but a short time. He's even conscious, the devil. He's conscious of how much time he has because he's conscious of how much time God is evoking in the earth. And every time eternal times come on earthly planes, you realize that the earth starts to transition into a sudden glory and dispensation. And dispensation. He says, The spirit quickeneth, the flesh profited nothing. We are so out of time to even waste time anymore. John the Revelator walked in the spirit on the island of Patmos for just a few days. And it was too much that he received in one night that when he came back on the earth, he realized there was nothing. Nothing for him to keep him there. He says, come quickly. Come quickly. Why? Because he, he got so lost in heavenly time. If the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that even human life is vanity, and these are the things we are protecting and investing more money into than the kingdom. Some of you spend more money on your drugs than the kingdom. How did you get there? You spend more, more time serving the world than serving God. How did you get there? I'm not saying leave your professions. You can do your profession, that's okay. But even at your professional level, you can still serve God. But the man must feel the urgency of the spirit. And they don't see his days, but they know him. And what does the next verse say in Job? Come on, quickly, quickly. Uh, Job 24. Uh -huh. Some, the Bible says, because of that indifference, remove the landmarks. They violently take away flocks. And feed their own. They drive away the ass of the fatherless. And they take the widow's ox for a pledge. If you're a man of God, you understand what I'm saying. These are very hard words. Next verse. They turn the needy out of the way. The poor of the earth hide themselves together. And the Bible says, Behold, as wild asses in the desert, go they for their work, rising bad times, a prey. The wilderness yieldeth food for, their, for them and for their children. The next verse says, they reap everyone his corn in the field and they gather the vintage of the wicked. And he says, they cause the naked to lodge without clothing, that they have no covering in the cold. And they are wet with the, snow, with, with the showers of the mountains and embrace the rock for want of shelter. 
not for purpose. I don't even think you understand what I'm saying there. We are in Christ because we need help. We're not in Christ because we want to know what he wants with us. The rock of salvation is walking with us only to give us water. But only that water to survive instead of us functioning in the call of God upon our lives. Next verse. They pluck the fatherless from the breast. Man, those are strong words. And they take a place to the poor. Fatherless from the breast, the church is the mother. Okay. <laughs> they cause him to go naked without clothing and they take away the sheep from the hungry, uh -huh, which make oil within their walls and tread their wine presses and suffer thirst. The Bible says, men groan from out of the city and the soul of the wounded crieth out, yet God lets not folly to them. Hallelujah. They are of those that rebel against the light. They know not the ways thereof, nor abide in the paths thereof, but they know him. But they rebel against the light. But they know him. Let him who has ears hear what the Spirit saith to the seven churches. I wept when I saw the fatherless getting off breasts. We don't even build a church anymore because we love God. We, we are building churches, some of us, not, some, not me, but some saints, because they want to build their own kingdoms. That's why you see many wars in the body of Christ. Today, if a man of God falls, the, 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 the first person to celebrate is a fellow man of God. Even when they there's a man is struggling with things the Christian is the first one to point the finger and say let him fall why? because he calculates that if he falls those 5,000, 6,000 people are going to come to my ministry that is not how we build ministry he told us go ye in the world not in men's bones do you understand what I'm saying? The time has come where the church has to be common again. We must have things in common. That when you hear that a brother is down, you go run for him, cover him, and tell him, brother, me, I'm here. I know they doubt you, but I'm believing in you. You don't need to explain yourself. Why? Because God anointed you anyway. He left the other righteous one. Do you know how many people have left church because they feel unworthy to even come back in the presence of God? they've removed them off the breast of the church. When babes are supposed to require sincere milk that they might grow therein, we plug them out of church. Sometimes it's the indifference. Sometimes it's the judgments we lay on the lives and spirits of men. When God is supposed to love them, when we're supposed to demonstrate love and they're not even able to walk, but we are dragging them in the sun, telling them walk, 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 walk. Why? Because we have our own personal agendas. A guy comes and says, oh, Apostle, how do I increase my ministry? Why do I want to increase it? Even me, I want to have a big ministry. And then you ask him, have you known the love that passes all knowledge? Because what brought you here was to know. Jesus didn't come to the world because he knew. Jesus came to the world because he loved. There is a love that passes all knowledge. And God judges our hearts against that gospel. 
He judges our hearts and spirits to know, are we really hungry for souls to come to Christ? Or do we just want to add another number on our words? Some men can say, ah, I'm an apostle. I'm a priest. I'm a prophet. I'm an evangelist. I'm, a, I'm an apostle. I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bishop. I'm, I'm this. This is what I've done. Look at me. How big I am. You understand? Handle me so well. Give me a glass of water. Give me 17 bodyguards. Do everything for me. Why? Because I must so- No. No, God has not called us for that. And that is why I ask us that God examine our hearts against the gospel, including myself, including myself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because we are wasting time in the time when we're supposed to be redeeming it. How many souls have you won this year? How many miracles have you received? 20. But how many souls have you won? People now come to church like it's a shrine. Oh, I want this. My grandmother has done this to me. Kill her. I kill that grandmother in Jesus' name. And then that grandmother turns. I post on now another thing, another thing, another thing, another thing. This has been some other guy when I use me. I kill him too. I kill him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, there's this fellowship where we kill, you know. (laughs) Not that we kill here. But I'm just giving you a demonstration of what is happening. But the this tells me that a time has come where men are going to gather just to hear the word of God. Miracles will happen between them and amongst them. Signs and wonders shall follow them because they believed. But those signs were just comfort to them and the deeper inspiration to seek out to know this God, not to continue a lasting. Because I told people, the true place of receiving the fullness of God is dying to everything you coveted. By the time God gives you whatever you want, he has killed your desire for the same. Because if he doesn't, it becomes your God. You became two and stopped ministering. When you were single, you were a minister. And then I hear fellow ministers telling us, ah, preach now when you're single. Because when you marry, yeah, church... No, you're supposed to be better ministers because you're two. One chases a thousand, two chases ten thousand. You're supposed to become a better man of God because you married a woman of God. But today what is happening, they're marrying and leaving church. They're getting jobs and becoming busier. They're becoming pregnant and stopping to serve. Serve up to the last day. Eight months, you're still stuck in chairs. Saying, and he is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead, and he is Lord. Every to just take a minute and speak in other tongues I want to take a few seconds I want I feel the Holy Spirit wants to release something today you better get ready I had the Lord tell me today that men are gonna find like they've never found 
men are going to find like they've never found. Are you ready? Just, just speak in a few minutes. A few seconds. Speak in other tongues. Every knee shall bow every tongue confess that Jesus Christ come on raise your hands how many of you here say God I want to find I want to find are you ready you're going to call upon Jesus seven times and whatever happens it is God are you ready God we are ready God is going to open your eyes the Bible says wash my eyes with salve and I will see you're going to start finding are you ready one seven times two three Father, we receive it. Father, we receive it. Their life to them that find them. Life in your ministry. Life in your business. Life in your marriage. Life in your vision. Life as you find life as you find life. Hey. I decree upon your life that you're going somewhere. I say it, you're going somewhere. I say it, you're going somewhere. What eye has not seen, what ear has not heard. Oh, where are your prophets, Holy Ghost? Open their eyes, open their ears. Where are your apostles, my God? Here, carry them. <laughs> From the dead and his Lord. 
world start to meditate your ministry to this world meditate your ministry your divine assignment meditate what is upon you see yourself oh oh I see somebody here you're before millions of people upon thousands your ministry is not for Uganda only it's for the world say such things once in a while I do but when I do I've heard somebody's receiving a very heavy responsibility for the nations heavy responsibility heavy responsibility it doesn't matter your age and story God can still use you he can still use you miracles and wonders will follow you they will multiply and triple upon your life because of the mandate that is upon your life I'm going somewhere I have a story I have a story I have a story I have a story. I have a story. I have a story. I have a story. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Listen. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, as I close, give us a second. Don't leave you guys. Eh? Don't, don't frustrate somebody to come because you're, you're late. Give us only two minutes. We'll be out of here. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, I want you to put up your hand and say, Today I want Jesus. Today I want Jesus. Come. As you've put up, come. Ask your neighbor if they're not born again. Lead them here. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. 
For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.